Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on the Wednesday on which Liverpool will play Arsenal in the Premier League at the Emirates at 8.15 tonight. Liverpool go into this game having won eight Premier League games in a row in excellent form. Obviously, that one defeat in the Champions League to Inter Milan is fairly fresh in our minds, but it was a game that didn't really matter. Losing 1-0 when you have a 2-0 advantage is absolutely fine. In this run, we've progressed in the FA Cup as well. We have won the League Cup, and all things are rosy for the Reds. Going into tonight's game, we should be fairly close to full strength. Mo Salah is in the squad. James Milner is ill. You're not losing much. And Costa Simicus is ill. Unless Andy Robertson gets hurt, neither of these are a problem. So we're in very, very good shape. Arsenal will be without Tommy Yasu. That's a big blow for them. He is absolutely crucial to that defence. Very, very good right back. Great in the air. Good 1v1. And he would have been the one they were banking on to deal with Luis Diaz if he's the one who plays left wing for us. Now, the Gunners have won five in a row in the Premier League. They beat Wolves away. They beat Brentford. Everybody beats Brentford. They beat Wolves at home, coming from behind late to win that one. They beat Watford away. Everybody except Man United beats Watford and Everton. Everton don't beat them either. And then they beat Leicester at the weekend in a game in which Brendan Rodgers rested a couple of players despite crying about injuries. So five wins in a row, it's decent. But in that time, they've only played one good team. That would be Wolves. You wouldn't be overly concerned about what you're seeing from Arsenal right now. They're a good team, a a decent team, but nothing more than that. They have some excellent players. There's no doubting that Saka, Odegaard and Martinelli are very, very good. Lacazette is playing maybe the best football he's played since joining the club. The same goes for Thomas Partey, having his best run of form since joining. And in defence, Gabriel is playing well. Tierney's playing well. Ramsdale has had a good season. Ben White is Ben White, good on the ball, a little bit soft defensively, not someone that's going to scare you. 
They've still got Xhaka in the team, so one liability. Tonight they'll have Cedric Sorez almost certainly playing right back, two liabilities. These are areas we can look to exploit. You would expect that a Liverpool team would line up something along the lines of Ali in goal, Trent, Joel, Virgil and Andy Robertson in defence. I assume we'll see Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago as the midfield. Despite Naby Keita's excellent form of late, I think it will be Thiago who starts this one. And then up front, I think he sticks with Salah, Mane and Diaz with Diogo Jota as the option off the bench to come on and dog walk Ben White and whoever else gets in his way to grab a late goal just to wrap things up. I think we'll win tonight. I am confident. I think they're still a little bit soft. They don't play well from behind. Thus far in the league, they've only taken four points when they've gone behind in games. That's not ideal. They've given up nine points when they've gone ahead in games. So they are a team that's still a little bit soft, still a little bit questionable defensively, despite the fact they've only conceded 29 goals, still over one a game. If you're a top team and you've spent that type of money on your defence, you should be conceding less. When you consider 50 million for White, 25 for Gabriel, 25 for Tierney, you're looking at 100 million, another 20 for Tommy Asu, another 25 for the goalkeeper, 145 million spent on that defence. Compare that to ours, Joel was free, Trent was from the academy, Robbo was 8 million, but we basically just gave them Kevin Stewart, so he was basically 3 million. Uh, Virgil was 75, so about 78 million there. And then Ali was 58, so that's 136 million, less than what they've spent on their back line. Uh, we are what they want to be, but they can't be because they just don't have as good a players as us. Our three-man midfield should be able to dominate possession, should be able to keep them off the ball. The key is keeping Odegaard off the ball. If Odegaard is allowed to get into a rhythm, find his groove and really start to dictate things, they start to become more of a problem. Those two boys, Saka and Martinelli, in the wide areas are absolutely outstanding. They do have the option, of course, of bringing Smith-Rowe in and potentially playing him off the left either. But I think he will start with Martinelli. I think he'll look to have that pace to run in behind Trent when Trent gets forward. If that happens, it means Jordan Henderson really, really has to be diligent in his defensive work. We can't afford for him to do what he has been doing and not track runners. We need him getting back into position because Tierney will get forward as well. And with Salah coming into this game, nursing something of an injury, you really don't want him being the one having to track 60, 70 yards. It needs to be that right-sided midfielder. We've played them three times this season. We played them in the Premier League and whooped them at Anfield earlier this year. They came up full of confidence. They'd won six and drawn two of the previous eight, and we beat them 4-0. Uh, Mane, Jota, Salah, and Taki. Then we played them in the League Cup semi-finals. They came to Anfield. Granite Jackie got sent off. They parked the bus, and then they claimed they beat us 0-0. Uh, then we went to their stadium a week later without Salah, without Mane, without Naby Keita, and we comfortably swept them aside 2-0. So we're a better team than them. We should be confident going into this game. You obviously have to have a bit of respect for them. 
but not too much. Not too much. They're a good team, but we're a much, much better team. We are one of the two or three best teams in Europe, and we should remember that. And our fans should remember that. That when you start to have any doubts about this team, just remember there's very few teams that operate on our level. Bayern Munich, Man City. That's basically it. Chelsea aren't on our level. I don't believe any of the Spanish clubs are on our level. I don't believe PSG are on our level. Individually, PSG can stack up with everybody, but a team of individuals doesn't win anything. And then you get the Italian clubs who are obviously a level below. We've seen that this season as we swept away uh, both Milan clubs and Juventus aren't going to be a problem for anybody at the minute. It's us, it's City, it's Bayern, and that's it. And Bayern are one Robert Lewandowski injury, which he has at the moment from not being a factor. Now, he might be back fairly quick, but if he's not around for the next round of the Champions League, they could easily go out. Happened last year. Speaking of the Champions League, let's all take a moment, pour one out for the the fate of the recently departed Manchester United. Gone from the Champions League. No trophy. That's seven years of the nine years since Ferguson retired that they haven't won a trophy. In the time he was there, they didn't win anything for the first couple of years. Then they won the FA Cup in 88-89. No, 89-90. 89-90, they won the FA Cup. From then... They had five seasons where they didn't win a cup or or a league or a European trophy. Five seasons between that season and Ferguson's last season when they won the title. They had five seasons where they didn't win win a major trophy. In those five seasons, they won the Community Shield three times. So at least they took home something. So there's only two seasons where they got absolutely nothing. They've had seven seasons of absolutely nothing in the nine years since Ferguson left. They won one FA Cup under Van Hal, then they sacked him, then they get Mourinho in, they win the League Cup and the Europa League, and that's it. They've won nothing since. Oh, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. How the mighty have fallen. But, you know, it's funny, when you look at United's history, Obviously, Ferguson was there for 26 years and Busby was there, I think, for 24, 25 years. That's like 50, 51 years of their history. The club is 144 years old. Of their 20 titles, Ferguson and Busby won 18 of them. Of their three European Cups, they won all three of them. In the entire rest of the history of Manchester United, which is 90 plus years, they've only won two titles. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of interesting to think about that outside of those two managers, they haven't been a massively successful club. But this podcast about Liverpool, I'll talk more about them on the the two-footed pod when I do that later. Um, We'll move around the main Liverpool sites and have a look at what is being said. Uh, Cade Gordon absence explained as 17-year-old Nears returns. Apparently, Cade has had a minor injury, which is why nobody has seen him since 
in the first team, he hasn't been seen since the Cardiff game when he was on the bench. And then the next day, he played in the under-23s against Leeds. It's a month and a half ago. He hasn't been seen since, but he has had a minor injury. Liverpool are hoping to tie Sepp Vandenberg down to a new contract. And it looks like Preston would like to keep him on loan for another season. He has had an outstanding season for Preston. He has been really, really impressive. Whether it's as a centre-back in a two, as a right-back, or more prominently, as the right-sided centre-back in a three, he has been tremendous for them. Very, very good in the ball. Obviously has good recovery pace. And that combination has worked well for him at the championship level. I'm just noticing that he has a younger brother called Rav, who's uh, another tall, rangy centre-back by the looks of him. And I wonder if we might go tapping the Vandenberg well once again. Interesting. Might be one to keep an eye on. Is it the same club we signed Sepp from? Might just be one to keep an eye on. This is his first season in the first team. We bought Sepp after his first team, first season in the first team. He was... 17 turning 18, I think, and the brother has, is 17. He'll be 18 in the summer. So maybe we'll we'll go down that road again. Uh, 10 things to know ahead of Liverpool versus Arsenal. This has been put together by Joanna Durkin. And we have Arsenal on a hot streak. Uh, five wins in a row, as I said. Uh, how could they line up? So she's gone with Ramsdale, Cedric White, Gabrielle Tierney, Xhaka Partey. Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Lacazette. I think that will be it. With no Tommy Asu, that's basically what they have, unless they play Ben White right back and Rob Holding in the uh, the, the right side centre-back role. Um, Klopp has said it looks like Salah will be involved, so it is just Milner and Costas out. Just put together a possible Liverpool eleven. And it is the team I suggested, except with Jota in for Mane. We're all thinking of it. Klopp was right to stress that you cannot count points before they're in the bank. This is a huge moment for Liverpool in the title race. Obviously, City dropping points at the uh, at Selhurst Park on Monday gives us a little window to close the gap. Did you know that a victory at the Emirates in the 29th game of the season would equal the points tally for the entire 2021 season when we managed 69 points and finished in third place, which was a hell of an effort considering all the injuries. But this season we're a different beast altogether because we have the big man back. We have the other big man back and uh, we just look a far more confident team with those two at the back. One final after another, after look, obviously Klopp talking about how basically every game from here on is a cup final. Every single game from here to the end of the season is a cup final. And if we win them all, we're going to end up with an unprecedented quadruple that no one has ever done before. I'm not pinning my hopes on it, but it's nice to be at this point of the season and still have that as a possibility. Normally, we're looking at City at this point of the season and thinking, God, I wonder, could they do that? I wonder, are they able to do it? Now, City haven't done it. They haven't won a Champions League. They have won a domestic treble, 
but not a Champions League. Um, so, you know, we'll wait and see. With Liverpool on a road of eight wins in a row and Arsenal having won five, it's the first time in a Premier League match that two sides meet with a respective five-plus game win streak since 2009. And it was... Oh, it, yeah, the last time it was, it was Liverpool versus Arsenal as well. That game ended in the 4-4 where Andre Arshavin had the probably the only good game of his Arsenal career. Uh, the referee will be Andre Mariner. Not sure how I feel about that. I was not aware of that until now. Um, he has refereed Liverpool four times. No, he's refereed Liverpool Arsenal four times. And they've all ended in draws. But hopefully this one doesn't. <laughs> hopefully this one doesn't. And you can follow the game on This Is, An- this is Anfield with their uh, live chat coverage Henry Jackson at the helm starting at 7.30 Salah in with the Liverpool squad that's there as well Uh, Liverpool's match worn shirts raise match worn shorts I should say raise £33,000 for the Ukraine crisis why are they raffling shorts who's buying shorts off anyway Bad news for Paul Glatzel, who has had a horrendous time with injuries. He is set to miss the remainder of this season. That is absolutely horrendous. He's got a hamstring injury that's ruled him out. If you remember back in 1819 when he sort of broke into the academy team, and he was just sensational. And people were saying, this kid is going to play for the first team. And then he tore his ACL, and he's had a just nightmare luck with injuries ever since. That is, that is really unfortunate. Really, really unfortunate. He's, he was having a pretty good season for them as well. He'd really turned things around. <clears throat> uh, Liverpool team versus Arsenal predicted as Thiago and Fabinho in and Salah made to wait. This is on liverpool.com. So they have gone, there's a couple of people involved. They've gone with the team I suggest. Oh no, they've gone with Jota up front instead of Diaz. Matt Addison has gone. Alisson, Alexander-Arnold, Matip van Dijk, Robertson, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Salah, Jota, Mane. Strangely, he tags this strongest midfield vital in midfield i think you have to go with the strongest midfield and then he suggests something that's not the strongest midfield strange james martin says control is key and he has picked the team i suggested earlier though that's not the team that gives you the best control uh ben boxick says rest mohammed salah i don't know why you do that considering there's an fa cup game at the weekend for which he can be rested um, seems like a strange thing to do. Now, if he's injured and not able to play, that's one thing. But I don't see that being uh, a likelihood. I think if Salah's ready, he will play. Liverpool will end 45-year transfer way as, F- as clear FSG plan emerges after quadruple deal. So obviously Kenny Dalglish was signed from Celtic in 1977. 
Ben Doak. Ben Doak is the young player in question here. Uh, the Athletic, Jimbo Pierce, reporting that Liverpool are close to signing the winger from Celtic. He can play as a winger or as a 10. He's also played as a fullback. Very, very talented player. Um, and he, Harvey Elliott and Kate Gordon, as well as Bobby Clark, would represent maybe the new, the next generation for Liverpool. And obviously we'll hope that um, the likes of Fraundorf, Musilowski and Fabio Carvalho, if we sign him in the summer, can all join them and be part of a very, very exciting long-term Liverpool team. Liverpool will not abandon £63 million transfer as FSG turn injury blow into perfect rebuild chance. Uh, I assume... Yeah, it's Florian Wirtz. Florian Wirtz is, is ridiculous. Ridiculous. He has torn his ACL this past weekend, or, well, like last week. Um, so he's going to be out for 9, 10, 11 months, but certainly one to keep an eye on for the long term. Liverpool free transfer to replace Mohamed Salah. Well, this is going to be nonsense. Um, let's see. Four-man Salah replacement shortlist. Angel Di Maria, 34 years of age. Nonsense. Uh, Florian Wirtz again being mentioned. And that's basically that there. There's nothing else. Uh, a little bit about Conor Gallagher. I don't think we'll be signing him because I don't think Chelsea would sell to us, but he, he was born to play for Klopp, that kid. Uh, Liverpool must prepare, must prepare perfect transfer raid on Chelsea as Roman Abramovich sale edges closer. There's a bunch of players there that you'd like, but I mean, whether they'd sell or not, who knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. And that is basically that there. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you listen to the latest podcasts on AnfieldIndex.com. Rival Recon with Harry Setti. Mulby on the spot with Trev Downey and Jan Mulby. The latest Under Pressure has Dan Kennett, Cy Brundish and Phil Barker. And the latest Scouted, myself and Carl having a deep look at Arsenal and what they are. And that's it. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. And find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.